Hello, friends. Welcome back to The Story Podcast. I'm your host, Harris III, and I'm so excited to dive into part one of this two-part series that we have for you on the heels of our roundtable event that we just wrapped up on the storytelling type, The Revolutionary. Uh, We took a couple weeks off on the podcast to go host that virtual event. It was an amazing conversation with John Booker and Jason Jaggard. You're going to hear clips from that here in this episode, but it was all about how we leverage the power of story to spark to lead, to navigate change. How do we disrupt and change? Uh, And we talked a lot about even that word disruption and what that means. We talked all things revolutionary storytelling type. And it is the final type that we're going to cover here on this series in this particular season. We've been going through all five types. These two incredible friends of mine had some incredible insight and thoughts around what it means to embody this revolutionary type. Now, if you're listening to this, and for some reason you just sort of fell into this episode because it got shared somewhere, and it's your first time listening, then you're wondering, what do you mean by storytelling types? Uh, Over the last several weeks, even several months, I guess, as we've led up to Story Conference, which is coming up this September, insane, we're at like four weeks away from Story Conference, story2022.com. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out, learn more. But as we ramp up to the conference, we've been walking through what we call the five storytelling types. So through years of research and discussion, we've determined that the core motivations through which we approach stories in our work and really our lives is through one of five specific types. We call them the artisan, the amplifier, the connector, the investigator, and the revolutionary. You can head over to our website, storygatherings.com. There's a brief assessment you can take to find your type. So if you haven't done that already, I'd encourage you to start there. Like I said, this month we're focused on the revolutionary, and I want to be very clear that when all is said and done, we all have a little bit of revolutionary in us. It's that deep place that pushes us to do more, be more, create, and impact more, to look at the things that we're frustrated with in the world, the brokenness, the chaos, the things we wish we could restore order in, and just being driven to, gosh, how do I help shift the narrative? How do I move people from the story you're in to a much better, more beautiful story that could be. And so John Booker and Jason Jaggard, as I mentioned earlier, they're amazing revolutionaries and incredible friends of mine. And they've really been pressing into the world around them to be everything that they were meant to be. They're both so good at that, whether that's through publishing, uh, like writing books, deep critical thinking, um, guiding others to their maximum potential through coaching, so much more. So this roundtable conversation was super rich. So we're going to be releasing it in two parts. Uh, You won't hear the whole thing unless you were there live, but we pulled out two clips because they feel like they are worth your time, and this is part one. All right, listen carefully because the layers brought up in these short 20 minutes were filled with both practicality and nuance. Listen in. Leading up to story, we decided to do this virtual event series, the Story Roundtable events. And we decided to anchor these conversations um, in something we call the five storytelling types. They are super cool. We spent tons of times working on this. The five storytelling types are simply the amplifier, the connector, the investigator, the artisan, and the revolutionary. Amplifiers are the marketers, the fundraisers, the development folks, the people who go, there's some stories that I need to draw attention to. There's some causes that I need to amplify. The 
connectors are people who leverage the power of story to drive empathy and help people connect with each other in more meaningful ways. Those are often our organizational leaders. Investigators are really good at finding stories. These are documentary filmmakers and journalists and data researchers, people who look at the numbers and figure out, okay, what story is this telling? And then figure out how to tell that story in a way so that other people can connect with that research. Artisans are really the creators who feel like I've got something to say. And the only way that can be expressed right now is through the art uh, and other things that I create. And so they tell stories to make their voice heard and as a way of expressing something that needs to be expressed. But all of us, all of us have a little bit of revolutionary in us in the story community. When you, if you go back to the idea that storytellers are the architects of culture, it means that most of us in the story community tend to be drawn to this idea that we can leverage the power of story to shape what the future of the world looks like. And that might sound like an exaggeration to you. It might sound like hyperbole. It's not. We literally believe it and I've dedicated my life to it. How do we empower storytellers individually and in organizations to leverage the power of story to repaint what the future of the world looks like? And so if that strikes a chord with you, you are in the right place because I think it is time to revolt against the status quo and shape and create a better world. And there are two friends of mine who are just about as good as anyone else in the world at doing that. Mr. John Booker, Jason Jaggard. I want to invite both of them to unmute right now. I'm going to spotlight each of them and add them to the, the conversation. Gentlemen, welcome. So glad they're here. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us for this conversation. Hey, Harris. Good to see you, man. Hey, Harris. Hey, Jason. What a treat to get to be with like, <laughs> two world changers. Uh, and then all this team of world changers that tuned in today. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Super grateful. So both of you uh, find your, your home in the city of Los Angeles, Jason, I don't think you're actually in LA today. It looks by your surroundings that that's not your home. I've been in your home. So I don't know where you are. Where are you in the world? That's right. I'm in, uh, I'm actually in Nantucket. We'll do a quick spin around here. The, uh, I don't know if you can see out the window there. I'm on, I'm on the East coast. Nice. Yeah. So pretty like a witness protection program now, but anyway, <laughs> trust me, the ocean's out there. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, John, I can tell, cause I've been in your home as well. You were in beautiful Los Angeles, John's house. For those of you who've never been there, um, he's like pretty open. So if you're a member of the story community and you're not connected with John, um, he behind him are like books that have been autographed by Dr. Seuss, uh, there's like original costumes worn by A-list celebrities from, from some of the most epic films of all time. It is literally a cabinet of curiosities. John, thanks for joining us from your home today, man. Glad you're here. <laughs> Such a, a treat. And yes, come visit me in Los Angeles. I'll give you a tour of the museum. Uh, guys, he threw it out. Take advantage of it. If you ever find yourself in LA, don't, don't think to yourself like, oh no, he just meant that for some people. Like he threw it out. <laughs> he means it and it is worth I your do. time. Trust me. <laughs> Um, so John, uh, here, the reason why I invited each of these gentlemen is John really comes at story through this lens of how do we tell stories to drive change? Uh, and John, even as I was listing off those five different storytelling types, I was like, man, you could talk about any of these, both of you really could. Um, and so we'll spend some time talking today about how we leverage story to drive change, um, with you. And then I want you to participate in all the conversations, including our segments with Jason, Jason, same thing. However, uh, there's an added component of that. I think a lot of times in, in order for us to tell stories to the world, to spark change, to leverage story, to navigate change, so much of that starts within ourselves. 
because mm-hmm. narrative drives thinking and behavior because story is sort of the operating system of our brains. So if, if the story OS is a real thing, that means a lot of times we must approach change beginning with the stories that we tell ourselves. Um, and your work with Novus and coaching some of the most uh, brilliant minds in the world, some of the most creative people in the world, I think you have a lot to contribute today in terms of how we approach our I know mindset is a word that's thrown around a lot today. It's so much deeper and bigger, more meaningful than that. But how do we take some of these internal narratives that are driving our thinking and therefore placing very natural limitations around our ability and capacity to change? Um, In fact, let's just start there. Anything you want to add to that based on that setup? I mean, I'm excited to have this conversation because I have uh, questions uh, for John, probably I would love to have a dialogue around that. I, I think in our coaching work, there's, there's actually, there's a woman named Byron Katie who has a line. Are we allowed to swear on this or should we keep it? Should we keep it? Uh, let's, let's keep it family friendly in case there are children uh, roaming on zoom and people Perfect. have their audio open. So I'll, I'll edit this out, but you'll be able to get the point. She says, we, we eat, we go to the bathroom and everything else is a story. Okay. <laughs> And uh, loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, you know, we think a lot about that in terms of what stories people are telling. And of course, I think the very first time you had me come out and speak, I essentially talked about the stories that we're telling ourselves that we don't know that we're telling ourselves. And it was interesting. And those are the most insidious. Like those are the ones that are beneath the surface of the water that are shaping where our lives are going. And so how do you, and John, I think probably could offer some thoughts on this. How do you like lower the water a little bit to see the stories that we're telling ourselves? We don't realize we're telling ourselves and and uh, if, you, if you don't mind, Harris, I'd love to kick a question to John, because uh, oftentimes in our work, we, we use we use the word story sometimes, but we also use the word beliefs. So we we help people craft, um, I help them identify beliefs they have that are getting in their way. I think kind of the pop culture zeitgeist is like limiting beliefs. But then also, you know, we redesign beliefs and and uh, even I, I was going to say beliefs and narratives. But John, I'd be really curious. I'm not really thought that deeply about this. I'd love to hear what your perspective is on the connection between beliefs and stories and how those overlap or in what ways are they separate? Are they separate? Yeah. Wow. What what a great question, Jason. There's a really interesting thing that happens uh, around belief. I've been thinking a lot lately about how much we're able to actually affect what we believe. Um, you could tell me all day that the sky is um, uh, pink, you know, and it, I could try and believe it and I could try and wrap my mind around it. But if if I look up there and I see the sky is blue, it's going to be really difficult for me to embrace a belief that I don't find evidence for, to embrace a, a belief that I can't somehow embody. But I think that your question is, is really interesting in the relationship between belief and story, because I would say story is often the execution of that which we believe. Hmm. Story encompasses the events that we embody and create and walk out in the world that are an expression of what we believe. So I believe there's this deep connecting thread between story and narrative. Now, Jason, you you did me a, 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 a wonderful favor there in asking me that question, but it just rises up in me, a question I'd love to bounce back to you. Your work with the inner narrative and belief. 
I still hold to this idea that we have agency around those things that we believe that we can we can somehow um, adopt new beliefs and, and discard beliefs that are not serving us. What have you seen that is the connection between story and the ability to to change belief? Yeah, well, it's interesting. And by the way, for everyone, uh, John and I met the first time at Story years ago, and I heard him speak, and I was like, I need to know this guy. And we, I got his information, and then we wanted to hang out. And then Story, ha- or sorry, Story, COVID, forgive me, COVID happened, not Story, <laughs> COVID happened, and, uh, and then we never, we never got to hang out. And so I'm actually so happy to be here. If if, if Harris, if, if him and I just start geeking out a little bit, <laughs> feel free. Cause, cause we could, cause I have like a list of questions for him. Um, Dude, the most magical things happen when I just get out of the way and let people do their thing. So go for it. <laughs> well, and honestly, that's one of my favorite parts of story conference. And just to say this up front, if people haven't bought their tickets yet, um, there's something I can't believe there's, there's only 70 tickets left. Uh, there's something special about being in the room and rubbing shoulders and just having that conversation together. I think the virtual is a good half measure because uh, it does help you feel like you're part of something bigger. My parents will be go- doing virtual virtual there, which I'm really excited about. Um, but there's something special about that. And so I'm happy, Harris, you're just such a great uh, facilitator of friendship and community. So John, um, I think probably we could draw uh, like a synergistic Venn diagram of story and beliefs, change your story, change your beliefs, change your beliefs, change your story. There's some kind of, dance that seems to happen that seems to happen there and then it really is just picking your access point you know i think with with i think our coaches might say with with their clients um sometimes the metaphor of story is a better access point that makes instant sense to them for some people maybe they're a little more literal and so like story is going to be a little confusing to them but we say oh what do you believe okay oh i I got that I, i understand i understand that and so i think that's a little bit of how those two interplay and i think both our think i think our coaches would say they've had success with clients, and of course, John, uh, you're you know you're working with clients as well. We were talking about this before that we all called the show before the show started uh, about the ways that you specifically work with clients uh, for for and, and story. I'm going to call it story crafting, but I think you probably have a better phrase than that. But uh, if that's I can't remember exactly what you called it. But there is like this dance into helping people notice uh, the stories that they tell, and then and this this is I think this is the operative thing. I think John would agree. And this is a question. This would be a question for everyone to write down is, is the story I'm telling myself getting me where I want to go? Mm. You know, is the story I'm telling myself getting me where I want to go? Most people tell a story, most people tell a story and then, and then just believe that the story is, and they don't realize that it's something that's to John's point is malleable. It's like Plato. Um, and, and so what we try to do, and I'm sure John does something similar is we try to help people. And this is for you too, is to say, Hey, where do I want to go? What would be a future that would excite me? That would that would just make me, I think uh, Amanda, one of our top uh, coaches in the firm, she, she asked a, a client this question one time. She said, what would make you like drop to your knees and cry tears of joy? Get clear on what that, that future is. And then, and then ask this question, what's the story I have to tell myself in order to create that for myself mm-hmm. or for others or whatever it is you're up to. And so like in that sense, then the story becomes an operative mechanism. I don't know, John, if that necessarily gets at what we're talking about, but that's my initial thought. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, I think that um, I really like the the way you phrase that, Jason, that, that stories are malleable. And if I'm living out the same story that I was living out 10 years ago or five years ago or five minutes ago, 
I have somehow arrested my development and I have stopped growing. If my story's not expanding, if it's not amplifying in different ways, then I've I've really um, either become lazy or I've gotten off track in some way that I need to correct. I think that's really what's interesting about the revolutionary, which is I know this uh, story story type that we're talking about today is the revolutionary is someone who is able to see the power of change in a story. They they can recognize when a story's not working and they are able to then say, okay, I think there's something that must change. But I would say that when we look at disruption in our culture, you know, which is a, a fancy word for change, right? Um, but when we look at disruption in our culture, I would say we see two different types of disruption. We see one type of disruption that people are attracted to, but it is change for the sake of change. It's blowing something up just to blow something up. It is um, changing the story just because people have gotten bored with the old story or they just want the novelty of feeling something new. However, there's another type of disruption, and that type of disruption is what I have given my life towards, and it is the belief that there is a better story out there. I don't want to just change the story to change it. I want to change the story because I believe a better story is possible. A better story is out there waiting. And if we're going to 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 take this malleable story and massage it into something do, different and massage it into something uh that that is going to 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 change people's lives, I want it to change their lives for the better. And the last thing I'll say about that is as much as we celebrate the fact that a better story, a good story can actually change the world and change culture, a bad story, a worse story can actually damage the culture greatly. We're in the midst of of, uh, a war here. We're in the midst of story wars all over the globe. And sometimes, I'm sorry to have to report to you, sometimes the the bad story wins. Sometimes the bad story is just easier to swallow. Sometimes the bad story makes a lot of people a lot of money. And as revolutionaries, we've got to be able to stand in the gap and recognize that truth is not negotiable when it comes to crafting the type of stories that we want to see change the world. Yeah. John, John, would you, how would you, and I have some thoughts of this as well, but I'd love to hear your swing on it. How would you define like elements? How does a person know? I don't think people wake up in the morning saying I'm telling myself a bad story. You know, like that's not like a necessary, you know, like that's not like if if you were to say, hey, raise your hand if you're telling yourself a crappy story. I don't think like most people, most people like the stories that they're telling, uh, whether it's like, quote, good or not. What what would you say are some of the attributes that a person could reflect on that would make it a a good story versus a bad story? I know that's pretty primitive language, but you get get what I'm saying. No, it's it's such a a wonderful question. And the, the the first thing I would say is to examine closely how that story is serving you in your day-to-day life. Let me tell you a story to give you an example. 
There were once two monks walking down the road in Japan, and they approached this uh, woman who was trying to get over the river and said, friends, I am not able to get over the river myself. Would one of you young men pick me up and carry me across the river? Well, these two monks, they had actually taken a vow to never touch a woman. And so the first monk told her, I'm so sorry. I would love to help you, but I've, I've taken this vow and, and I cannot do it. The narrative I have bought into, the narrative that I have embraced in my life forbids me from doing that. As he's explaining this to the woman, the other monk walks over, picks the woman up, carries her across the river, and the woman says, thank you, and she goes on her way. And the two monks keep traveling. Three or four hours later, the first monk looks over to the second monk and he says, I'm sorry, I just, I, I can't believe you broke your vow. I can't believe you, you neglected the story that we have both given our lives to. And the second monk looked over at him and said, are, are, are you still carrying that woman? I put her down three hours ago. He recognized that there was a better story for him and the story he was living out was not serving him in that precise moment. And the story that you may be living out may be one that served you so well last year. Maybe the story that you're living out served you so well during COVID. COVID was such a unique time. And maybe the story you were walking through and living out served you so well during COVID. But let me tell you what, friends, it's time for a new story. It's time for a better story. It's time to look and see if the story you're living out is truly serving you well. And if it's not, let that revolutionary inside of you rise up and begin to make changes to tell a better story. All right. I don't know about you, but that story John told got all of us who were listening in on the live conversation. It just got us really moved. Uh, it's really cool, right? The, the imagery and the nuance hit us at our core. And it's hard to ignore that part of what makes a revolutionary. So as you mull over this first part of this incredible conversation, I'd just love for you to be asking yourself a couple of questions. First, how do you approach stories in order to drive change? How do you approach stories in order to drive change? This is at the heart of what makes you a revolutionary. And even if this isn't your dominant storytelling type, it's not your core motivation, I bet you still desire to impact others. You want to tell stories that matter. You want to drive change and shift narratives. And so I think we all have a little bit of this, of this in us. The second question is this, are you disrupting simply out of boredom or do you actually believe that there's a better story waiting to be told? I think that was a powerful question. Some of us, we, we want to disrupt, we like the chaos. It's like, hey, let's just blow everything up right now to make things more exciting because we're bored. And so it's a powerful question. Stop and ask yourself, if, you, if that's you, if you're a revolutionary, but you're disrupting simply out of boredom, stop and ask yourself, okay, is there really a better story waiting to be told here? And if not, 
maybe you need to practice some contentment um, and be okay being bored. Reallocate that creative energy elsewhere. John made such a great point when he said that revolutionaries have the ability to see the power of change in a story. And I believe it's crucial to understand our why so that we can get back to the wonder of what we do. So what gap are you standing in? Look, the truth isn't negotiable. So an understanding of what that truth is and why you're in pursuit of it, it's going to help you stay focused and exciting. The stories you craft will change the world. So don't hold back. That's really the heart behind this uh, message for all of you is that if you're a revolutionary, the stories that you have deep inside of you, they really do have the potential to repaint the future. It's time to stop holding back. If you're on the fence and you just don't know if you're a revolutionary, you're curious about the other types and you still haven't taken that assessment, head over to storygatherings.com. Just takes a few minutes. It'll be insightful to you. If anything else, it'll leave you curious and asking some powerful questions. Hey, if you joined us at the, the live roundtable event, you also heard Jason talk about story coming up in September and the handful of tickets that remain for our in-person option. And I just wanna encourage you to grab those tickets before they're gone. John and Jason will both be presenting this year. They're always conference highlights. This year is gonna have some very special in-person surprises that you don't want to miss. Again, head over to story2022.com to grab your tickets. You're gonna to wanna to register before they're gone. Less than 50 tickets remain to the in-person event. And of course you can join us at any time online, but even the online price goes up by hundred dollars in just a few more weeks. So there's another price increase coming for online. That same price increase is coming for in-person tickets. I'm just pretty confident there's not going to be any in-person tickets left by the time that price increase gets here. So make sure you join us again, that's story2022.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you'll join us next week for the second part of this really cool conversation. In the meantime, I'm your host, Harris III, humbled to serve this incredible community, seeking to tell stories confidently and with impact. We want you to tell stories that matter. So thanks for subscribing to this podcast, engaging with us on social media, dropping me emails, telling about how this community has impacted your work for the better. You guys mean the world to us. You put wind in our sails when you affirm and encourage in that way. It makes all of this work to serve you so worth it. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next episode here on The Story Podcast. The Story Podcast is a production of the Astoria Collective. It is hosted and curated by Harris III and produced, edited, and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. All music is provided by the talented musicians at Soundstripe. For more information about this podcast and other creative offerings from Story, visit storygatherings.com.